Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, welcome to our podcast. One of our podcasts, Don't Blame Me, an advice podcast starring us. What's your name? Megan. What's your name? Melissa. And together we make up Eminem, the candy coated chocolate. Is that what's Mm -hmm. called? Candy coated chocolate. Or I'm the one that has nuts in it. I'm not. What is your favorite kind of Eminem? Peanut. Mm. It's the best one. I don't know why you're making that face. I don't like That's peanuts. Everyone's favorite. I don't like peanuts. I also like the one that has hazelnut in it too. I don't like hazelnut. 
I know you weren't asking me, but chocolate hazelnut. You don't like Nutella? Not really. You don't like sweets anyway. No, that is also true. So your opinion is irrelevant it is. in this subject. I like I like regular chocolate. I like chocolate. I, I think I have unpopular chocolate opinions. I don't love like peanut butter is like sometimes okay, I don't but like it's not my jam. And chocolate mixed together. I can do a peanut and chocolate mixed together, but not peanut butter and chocolate. Oh, I'm the exact opposite. I would always prefer a, like peanut butter over peanuts, but I also don't love peanut butter. But if it's peanut butter and chocolate, like sometimes I'm like, okay, cool. No, thank you. But I prefer almond butter and chocolate. And what candy just has almond butter and chocolate in it? That you're well, not it's not getting candy. From, I'm getting like you're a little. Getting from fucking Whole Foods. Well, I actually specifically do get it from Whole Foods, so yeah. I don't have an answer to your question. Exactly. Um, and I prefer chocolate with like a caramel or, I like a I like a chocolate and fruit. I love a fruit dessert. I do too. Um, Cadbury makes a chocolate bar that has nuts and fruit in it. It has almonds. It's not peanuts. Oh. Okay. And it's so good. Cadbury. There was an M&M that was like a dark chocolate raspberry M&M. Mm-hmm. I liked those ones. They were fine. I enjoyed them. I like C's candy. I miss all I want in life. Two things. Hawaiian, Hawaiian rolls. rolls to make gluten-free. <laughs> and for C's candy to make things dairy-free. Like that's all I want. And I don't want any of the fucking like, I want like the actual goods like i don't want like C's when they're bean. like here you go exactly here's a jelly bean here's a gummy lozenge and i'm like no i i want a scotch mallow fuck i could really go for that i want to work at C's. i wish i want the try guys to work at C's. i should tell them that i as if my request will like be mm-hmm. made but it's here don't you think they could do it yes anyways welcome to a podcast where we give wonderful amazing advice and my free advice to the try guys is do an episode of you guys trying to become C's employees. C's employees. You might be wondering how we're qualified to give amazing, wonderful advice. And the reason is classified. I hope you're watching the video. <laughs> because Melissa is just is the, the longest open mouth, eye closed, tongue out shimmy. I've think it was a rock. It was this is a shimmy. Oh, this is a rock. Okay. A sway. Well, sway is more fluid. Yeah, uh, this is I'm rock. You're rock, rock. The rock made me so mad. I was gonna make one of my thirst trap uh, TikToks. Glad you didn't. Well, I was waiting till like I had put on some makeup because I was rough when I first. I was like first wake up in the morning rough. I was gonna make a TikTok because he made a little jokey joke. He was doing an interview for Entertainment Tonight. I think I don't know. Tonight Weekly, one of them. Yeah press for something for the movie he just had come out and the interviewer asked what was the first film that you did and he said porn like just you know off the cuff and was he serious serious but he didn't it was like a joke and they just cut it off there like that was the end of it that's funny and when i initially looked at it you could stitch it and then once i was prepared for the day and went back to stitch Mm. it they had turned the stitches off they knew i was angry it probably happened quite quickly yeah they were like oop (laughs) rewind back it up back it up back it up well for all of our sakes thank you was it his team or was it entertain like who who's account entertainment people thank you entertainment tonight no, or weekly i i don't we appreciate Fuck it you. thank you for your service 
You. If you want to see Melissa's thirst traps, go follow her on TikTok. You. It's not my thirst traps. It's me thirsting after other people. I'm no, I feel, tra- but I feel trapped. <laughs> like I watch something and I go, hmm. first of all, also the lectures I've gotten from Melissa being like, you need to write st- like incoming stitch or something because I'm skipping your fucking because videos because I don't know what you're stitching. The specific thing that you do is stuff that's like problematic. Yeah. Okay. Mine isn't problematic. No, but just know that like it takes me a couple, the same seconds it took you to look down and see my name. I have the same moment where I go, what is this? And I look down and see it's you. And I hope to God you've given me enough time <laughs> to swipe away before because I don't even want to see the completed video that you're stitching because I can fill in the blanks. I know what you're going to do. Like, do and you? Usually, like usually. You thought that I was going to pop up as a baby? Not after. No, no. <laughs> that was the one where I was like, I need to be on higher alert. <laughs> I need to know what's coming because I was, I was, I, I paused because I was shocked. This is a TikTok that's on her TikTok account right now. And you see a man walking in his uh, pectoral muscle. His titty. His titty is jiggling. And he's doing it in a way that he's he's he looking for your attention. He's yeah. looking for the response ever, that you gave him. I don't ever go after people that aren't looking for a response. No, no, no. People are sexualizing themselves mm-hmm. and are asking the world to sexualize them. And you as an audience member are like, call to action, delivered. Here you go. And listen to this fucking TikTok where she's using a baby filter. And it goes on for so long of you just like <laughs> pretending to like suck a fucking bottle. And I was like, I'm not sucking a bottle. I just have a pacifier in my Same mouth. thing. Like, but one of those like. <laughs> and I was so taken aback by the initial video that I was like, oh my, whoa, that is, that is up close and personal. And then my eyes did not know how much more disgusted I was about to be. And then I saw that. Mm-hmm. So now I literally, if I see your name, I, I scroll by so fast. And then I'm like, when I'm in the right headspace, I'll go back and watch the, mm-hmm. the other ones. But I can't watch it in a timely manner. I get, you know, mixed reviews on it. Either people think it's hilarious or they're disgusted by it. And I like both of them. I know. That's why you do it. That's why I do it. I mean, I do them more for myself. And then any other extra reactions is just, you know, icing on the cake. Exactly. This is like if Ava from (laughs) Abbott Elementary had a TikTok. I mean, she does have a TikTok account yeah, show. Does, I was going to say. But like, she's mostly selling things. And Dude, her having that whole Depop story, I was laughing so like, fucking hard. <laughs> Zara. I think it was Zara, actually. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm on, I'm on Depop. Do you hear that for me? And I was like, oh my God. The Depop girlies. I love who's ever writing that show. I mean, you know the writers, but like, love those writers. Anyways, we're giving you advice. And I feel like I gave you a lead up of like, how do you know that we're um, qualified? You don't, and you have to trust us. Like, oh, I said it's classified information. It's classified. Just trust us. Yeah. This, is, this will only just, hurt a little. Just take our hand. Count down from 10. And close your eyes. And you'll be transformed there in just a few seconds. I thought you are about to go into the uh, Willy Wonka song. What a That was a couple extra notes. World of Imagination. Anyways, uh, how many fucking times can I say this podcast Let's to give advice? I should tell them, give it the phone oh, number, yeah, though. Phone number, email address. All yeah. That. So this is how this works. We talk, you listen, and you call us, you leave voicemails, and then we play your vo- voicemails and give you advice. So if you want to call in, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. Also, thank you last time for cutting out the pause before I could remember the phone number. That was probably Coco. Thank you, Coco, for yeah. cutting that pause out. It was seamless. No one would have known that I just sat there for like 15 seconds going, 
And then I finally remembered the number. But it's not just exclusive to people who live in the United States. If you're an international listener, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Just record it on your phone. For both of those instances, you'd be 18 or over, have your parents' permission. Let us know your ages. Um, if it's about a relationship, how long have you been dating? If you want to let us know your pronouns, go for it. It is all completely anonymous, but you do need to write it down and practice because you only have three minutes. So write it down, then time it out on your phone. See if you have if you like are going over three minutes, what you can cut out, see if you're way under and there's more information that you haven't included. Because the more information that we have, the more relevant information we have. Correct. The better advice we can give you. Uh-huh. So, and if you give a wonderful voice memo or a call, you might receive a blowjob. <laughs> no. You might receive... Not for, not for that. Potentially. Not for that. You're going to have to have a lot of other things going for you. Depends on how good that call is. No, there's I, no call. And then I, you know, put it in a pool and then I look, not a swimming pool, but like a, a you know, like you a need to be people. less literal with me because I don't know what you're saying. And then I look in and, you know, I examine it. That's the first step. Uh-huh. What's the second step? The f- second step is then me reviewing maybe social media presence, who you are. Yeah, so it's not an isolated thing. Yeah, it's just the first step. Yeah, Melissa's going to use it as potentially like a hookup pool, but she's not using it. How many straight men do we have calling here? One in all of the years that we've been doing this? Were they straight? There was one man that was straight. Oh, I thought he dated women, but I don't know if he... Oh, okay, well, no, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. that a, a, a man... No, that... you're right, because I'm thinking of someone who like the call was about some I think someone who was like bi and it wasn't about yeah a heterosexual too. yeah but I'm just saying even if we include are there people with two people penises who f- <laughs> <laughs> vaginas yeah that I think I think we're getting smaller yeah <laughs> so yeah the, the chances of me giving a blowjob very slim very very slim very very slim very slim but what she actually will give you is a diamond not a real one it's hypothetical mm-hmm. as if this entire conversation about getting a blowjob also was not hypothetical. That would, you know, we'd probably get more listeners if that was on the table. If that was our reward. Yeah. We just need to create like an ins- How do we turn our podcast into an MLM? <laughs> How do we turn this into a pyramid scheme? Hmm. See, that's not an ethical scam, though. No, it's not. Unless we're scamming men. Well, maybe that is why my brain jumped to how do yeah. we turn this into an MLM? Because it was like, how do we attract men to this podcast? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been talking about the OnlyFans. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it is remarkable what people can get off to because yeah. I get I get messages I mean, just all the time. Shoulder out and that could be. Well, I mean, like even the content of what we're saying. Yeah. I get messages all the time. People are like, oh my God, jacked up. Not all the time. I don't want to overpromise. If I talk in my No. 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 Why, what are you saying? We're no gonna to? get into even, the call because I know I didn't even finish what I was gonna say. Okay. I didn't finish. Would you like to continue with your voice? No, that's the the sentence. I didn't finish. Just think about it. I know. I didn't have the chance to finish, so don't look at me while you say that. I did. I was looking at the camera. No, you started looking. looking at me I and did. then I looked and then away. I averted, and then I averted my eyes. Thank you. My brain short circuit. Did I take my Adderall today? Yes. Did I almost forget my Adderall when I was on my way here? 
you would have had to turn around. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, I almost it was with my water bottle and my laptop. So yes, I did should be pack up the entire bag and was um, leaving the door when I realized it felt a little too light. And I realized I left everything I need. Oh, I was going to say you felt the Adderall was busy. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not hearing that maraca sound in my bag. That little shake, 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 shake. No, it was the laptop that I was like. This feels, you know. Yeah. It's okay, though, if you didn't have your laptop. You don't necessarily need it. You need it for your tickets. Yeah, I needed it to be in line, the virtual line for Taylor Swift pre-sale tickets. I'm so excited. I'm about to spend. I'm, I mean, I'm excited for all my money concert, so I get it. I've, I've been to, like, every... Have you seen the tweets of people being, like, Beyonce fans and Taylor Swift fans when it's time for, like, to buy and concert Rihanna. tickets? Oh, yeah, and it's just, like... I see you. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. We got this. Also, did you know? So, like, they're Beyonce and Taylor Swift are friends that her and Jay-Z skipped Kanye's wedding for a house party at Taylor Swift's house. Yeah. I just love it. Mm-hmm. They've been trying to tell people about Kanye for a minute. Oh. oh, yeah. But also, I don't know how people who are, you really have to rank. Like, you can love Beyonce and you can love Taylor Swift, but, like, unless you are rolling in money, like, how the fuck are people... Mm-hmm. Have they done this before? Like tours the same year? I don't. I I couldn't tell you when Taylor Swift has, tur- has toured, so I don't know. I actually don't think that they have. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyways, should we get into the episode? Yeah. Why not? Roll the tapes. Play the calls. Hey, Megan, Melissa, maybe guest. So here's my situation. I am 25 years old. I live in Texas, and I'm a teacher. So. This year has been hard for me because I have a lot of really conservative parents who don't like that I'm not conservative. So I have a student, he's a boy, and I don't think he's in the queer community, but I've never asked, you know. So today in class, he wanted his hair to be French braided because I just French braided another girl's hair. And I totally did it. And he loved it. He even asked me to fix it before he went home. And I got a scathing message from his mother. So my question to you guys was, am I wrong? Was I wrong for braiding his hair in the first place and for honoring his wishes? Because he's only in fourth grade. Or should I continue to go with just what the parent wishes? I know it's hard because he's underage, but I feel like fourth and fifth and those middle school ages are really important times for them to figure out themselves. If I'm wrong, please let me know. But I just wanted someone else's opinion. Thank you. Bye. Feels like a great opportunity to promote our other podcasts. But yeah. am I wrong? And we'll give you advice here. But if you're ever curious what we think if people are wrong in situations, we have that podcast on Thursday as well. I'm curious what you think. What do you think? Okay, here's my thing. I don't think you should have been t- touching either of their hair. So that's my opinion. But I'm going to just take a step back from that. But like, I don't see how this is like, conservative gay issue i feel like i don't know i don't know these people like in the black community and indigenous community and other people of colors community like having braids is not seen as yeah something that's feminine and so so i just like but i just don't think you should have been touching their hair period i yeah i think that like before i would like fight back on this with her which i don't even think i would i would probably just be like noted and whatever i would definitely say in growing up with 
mostly white kids, it would it would have looked it would have been considered more feminine. Even like boys who had long hair by was considered feminine just like as a whole. So I mean, him having long enough hair to like French like braid. So to me, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess if this kid is white, like I it, it would be a little bit of confusing to me because the people who would view braided hair as feminine also usually viewed long hair mm-hmm. as feminine. So those would have been a crossover. But I also don't don't there's also I haven't like, been in you Texas. Know, like, quote unquote like manly men that ride motorcycles that that's what I was gonna say. So like hair like that. I grew up in a very like liberal, like progressive kind of community, which like, you know, there's still homophobia in that, mm-hmm. but like in terms of like very, gr- it was like the granola long hair. But I also know that like, you know, mullets are considered more like cons- like conservative, I guess, but even if that's not the origin of them, but like there is longer hair, especially now. But yeah, I mean, I definitely had teachers who like, you know, would braid our hair, like give us a hug if we asked or whatever and wouldn't like shut down appropriate physical touch if we instigated mm-hmm. it and like asked for it. So I think like if you know what like your school district's policy is on that like and if it is you know if a student asks for a hug or if a student like asks like but you're not like rubbing a student on a back without their consent or their explicit like request or the same thing with like braiding hair or doing anything like that then I think I would you know I would like just ignore it because I do think that if ignore what ignore the I would ignore like what the mom said and if like the kid at another point like asks for their like hair braided or like something like if that kid is like I mean it also depends if that kid is safe in that household with that but I think like if this is something that like whether it's in like your school ethics handbook or like your school district would disapprove of I don't mean this in a negative way but like I don't think that it's I think it would be better to just stop doing it all together versus mm-hmm. being like, I'm just going to stop doing this to this boy's hair or to only the boy's yeah, hair in general. I don't think you should be doing anything unless you have the parents' consent, period. I don't think, like, you shouldn't be touching. A no, kid. but but that does get tricky because parents, like, like when it's, like, pronouns and stuff and parents are like, oh, you don't have the consent to, like, get used my child's preferred pronouns. touch. I'm yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. physical yeah, touch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think you should be putting your hands on a child unless the parent has given consent to it. Because the issue is with that is that like kids can have like autonomy in that. But because that is like what Melissa said is like legitimately just what it boils down to. I think a parent has a stronger argument than you do. But also specifically, I don't think that this is going to do a lot. I don't think this is going to like change hearts and minds of like this kid or this parent. Like, I don't think that if this is like where you put your foot down being a progressive teacher in a very conservative area, I don't think this is something that carries a lot of weight. And I don't think it's worth risking your job for or worth risking like the the respect for like, there's not too much of an explicit gender norms, like lesson kind of going on here. It's just a it's I understand where you're coming from and I, but I just don't think this should be your precedent for specifically adjusting and changing your behavior to fit like the gender expect gender norms and expectations of parents. I just think you should uh, eliminate the braiding of people's mm-hmm. hair. Cause I think if you don't, then it becomes a gender thing. Right. So I think 
the mom is in the wrong for like what it's worth. Like, I don't think that like, we don't, we don't, it, did the moms is explicitly say that it was because, Oh, that's we true. We don't know what her reasoning was, what the mom's yeah. reasoning was. My assumption, which is, could be very incorrect. Right. I feel like that's the, well, that's what I was wondering the, if you had a history with this parent and this mm -hmm. was something that was like, Oh, okay, this is this. Or if like the content of the message said, you know, that it was implied that it was that, but I just think that it's, it's just not worth it, mm -hmm. you know? Like, it's a fun thing, and I'm sure it's, like, really nice and bonding for those kids, but taking it away, too, that's not going to... That won't negatively impact them. But, like, if you aren't able to be their teacher anymore, I think that is a much... The stakes are much higher there. This is something that I would... As someone who doesn't like to concede, I would, like, fully concede on this because I also don't like to go up to bat for an argument where I know the other person has like really strong footing against what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it feels against what you want to teach and like gender norms and stuff. That's trumped by bad word choice. That is like overpowered by physical touch consent. Right. Yeah. Right. So tricky. Anyways, shall we do the next? Mm -hmm. Hi, Megan and Melissa. As of right now, I'm 18 years old. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm non-binary. And I'm in my last year of school. I live in a small town in Germany, and since August, I've been working a part-time job in a cafe in the inner city, which I really enjoy, as it helps me a lot to take my mind off of stressful things that bother me throughout the day. At first, I felt like I got along really well with the other people who work there. FYI, they're either my age, or in their 20s, or I would guess early 30s, and the owner is 24 years old herself, and we're just 14 people in total. But during my latest shifts, some of my co-workers have been saying some things that make me really uncomfortable. For one, the owner and some others used the German version of the Arsler. But I've also heard her and another co-worker of my age joke around about listening to an extremely misogynistic song that has caused a lot of discourse in German media this summer. However, the worst thing I've heard two of my co-workers, who are both female and my age, do is mock genderqueer people. I guess it's important to mention that I am not publicly outed. And I am very female passing, so they don't know about my identity. One of the girls was bringing dishes into the kitchen and said something along the lines of, Hey girls, to which the other one jokingly responded, Hey boy. And then the first one said something along the lines of, Oh yeah, I actually don't identify as a girl anymore. I'm genderqueer now, as a joke. And the other one said, OMG, I'm genderqueer too now. I'm open for anything. As a queer feminist, my beliefs and moral values are very important to me. And I know that if I don't say anything about their behavior, I silently tolerate it. But I'm fairly new there, and they all have known each other for a while, and I fear that if I do say something, they're not actually going to understand it, and I'll become the annoying co-worker. Since almost everybody there talks like this, I have a feeling that I wouldn't be able to encourage them to think about what they say, because they all just kind of marinate in their own beliefs, and therefore are never challenged to reconsider them. I don't work there that much. During school, it's just two to four times a month, but I don't want to silently tolerate behavior like this that is hurtful to marginalized communities and also hurtful to me. I'm also very scared of conflict and becoming an outsider in my workplace, and as I said, I really, really enjoy working. It helps a lot with my mental health and keeping myself busy, especially on the weekends when I'm not in school, as I'm recovering from depression and it gives me a reason to get out of the house and be active. I guess since I have taken the job, I've had to realize that not everybody outside my friend group shares the same beliefs as we do. I would really appreciate some advice, and you do not have to go easy on me at all. 
I want, an on- I want an honest opinion and I can take it. I love the podcast. I've been listening since the pandemic hit in 2020 and I'm really excited to hear what you both have to say. Bye. First, I want to say that if you're part of a marginalized community, it's not silently tolerating, it's protecting yourself. When you know that you're in a place that doesn't respect the community that you're part of, it's protection. Yeah. So I understand like where you're coming from and like, I don't want you to feel bad about yourself and how you're handling this because this is this is how like you're going through this in a way to I can't think of the word in a way to it's not protect but like self-preservation yeah in a way for self-preservation yeah when you're a part of a community you don't have to advocate for that Mm -hmm. community like you're just a part of it like you just just by existing like you're a part of it and there are different risks when you are whether it's like an ally or just like an outsider to correcting someone or calling someone out like there is a safety Mm -hmm. in that when you are not a part of the targeted group and it's also not your responsibility to stand up for like you're you you recognize that you're a part of this group but you're like but you know for like all these other people all that like that's that isn't your responsibility. Like your responsibility is your own safety and your mm-hmm. own protection, physical safety, also your mental safety. And you've expressed that this job has been really great for your mental health. And you know that it would, you're, you would probably, it's, from what you're saying, it sounds like you would be surprised if this was taken well. And based on how casually they're saying this kind of thing, and like also not this would be better if it was like actually funny. But there's no part of it that's like, I can even hear what the punchline is. And for me, when people talk about like that in like a ha ha way, that like puts like the hairs in the back of my neck up a little bit because it's not like you're reciting a comedy, something you heard in a comedy special. Honestly, what I think it is, is that they might know that you're part of the community and they're mocking you. So my fear is that like the way that they're saying it mm -hmm. is like, there's nothing funny about it. It sounds, it just sounds like you could, you could have switched around and said, they're saying this to me. Mm -hmm. Like there's no difference between this to me and it being targeted at you. Like they don't even have to change what they're saying. They don't have to change. And it also feels like since you don't participate, then they know on some level. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I think that like, if they're passively doing this, that this is like the least egregious thing that they will say. Mm-hmm. And sure, there's some belief system that it's like, well, I might say something offensive, but I would never say this like in front of somebody who like this would offend. But again, like there's no punchline to this joke. There's no like, there's no joke about it. It just feels like a dig. Mm-hmm. And I think that if this is what the dig that they're doing now without knowing this is personally like attacking you, I think that like once this is turned on you, I think it'll be a lot worse. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with you not saying anything. Yeah. Like if you feel empowered to say something at some point, it might not be today. It might be a year from now, two years from now, then, you know, say it. If you never feel empowered to say it, don't say it. But I would like weigh my, if this job is good for, like if this job is good, I, I'm like when I was working, when I wasn't working for myself, I was able to separate, you know my job from the people I was working with. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to do that, 
great. But if you're not, then, you know, preserve your mental health as much as you can. Yeah. I also think that like calling out people who are like, you basically said that you're like, they're really set in their ways. They're in like this like echo chamber and they're not looking to be educated or to change anything about that. So calling those people out, the process of calling them out, that should be cathartic Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't waste your mental and physical energy trying to educate people who have no desire to be educated. Right. And that there's a lot more emotion in there when you're trying to educate someone. It's because you want to see them on the other side and like you see good in them and you want to change them for the benefit of that for everyone around them, including you. And this doesn't seem like those, these don't seem like the kinds of people who are ready for that. And you don't think they are. And they're not hiding that. Like you would know, like you can really tell the difference unless the moment of calling them out. And like, I'm with Melissa, like if it takes, if it's a couple of years or again, never, but like in two years, you aren't at this job anymore mm-hmm. and you feel empowered and you want to fucking send them like a scathing fucking email, go for it. But like, yeah. that needs to be the cathartic moment is just sending that and typing that out. It's not their response because I don't, I don't like the kind of power that they hold in like, the you're the only part like even the owner and all of that stuff there that it's just whether it will affect your job or your physical safety or not I just think it will really really hurt your mental health Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so decide yeah and it doesn't have to be a decision now just and especially if you're only working there you said four times a month yeah two to four times a month yeah is it worth it yeah, because like even I was telling Megan this offline. I told her this a couple of weeks ago. I was gonna send a scathing email to a teacher that I had in tenth grade, and it's been years. And I like finally felt empowered to say something, and she was dead. You know, you talked about how your friend circles, like you know, oh, not everybody thinks the same way that I do. But I would also, if your friend circles are a lot of people who are very like vocally calling people out who are not being inclusive and are being offensive and bigots and all of that stuff. I would seek out some content, whether video or written stuff from people who have gone through similar things. And you'll know that like, not everybody, like everybody has a moment where they, multiple times where they didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And I've had those. that like, and then the times where it's like, you look back on things and the way that I look back on them when I was, a, when I wasn't someone who was like, when it wasn't for self-preservation, and I didn't say anything. That's like the God fucking damn it. Like, I'm so mad at myself. But the times that it was where I was like, well, that was for my safety. Like, I wasn't I wasn't going to call out this guy because I didn't feel safe there. I don't look back on that years later and go like, wow, I'm a really bad feminist. No, like there's a very large difference there. But sometimes there can be an echo chamber. And like, I'm definitely am guilty of like calling people out. And I think a lot of people when because I'll post certain things, but I'm like, I ignore like 99% of the shit. And like, I'll call out 1% that it's like, oh, you look like someone who could be educated on this or this looks like we'd have a conversation or whatever it is. Someone who maybe has like a ton of power in a situation. But like, there is also no harm in recognizing like what deserves your energy, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm sorry though. That's just like really, I mean, just again, not funny and poorly constructed attempts at humor that like I am with Melissa I don't even know if they're trying to be funny or if they're just like the inside joke is that they're just 
being mean and hoping that someone who's personally offended by this hears. Right. But I'm glad that you found something that's really helped your mental health. And if these people don't get in the way of that, that's great. Mm-hmm. You know? And if they do, you can like find another job. Like there's, you don't have to tolerate this if you can't tolerate it. And if you right. can tolerate it, that doesn't make you a bad person. Mm-hmm. Is it a break time? And break. We'll be back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time and I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a a, a secondary of my package and I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods i cannot sing their praises enough specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating, hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not 
getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code Blame Me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you 
and listed it as 45 of the must-read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller, and 100% multifaceted joyride. <gasps> when I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns, but that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. Okay, we're back. And it's time to get into the rest of the calls. Hi, Megan and Melissa. Um, before I begin, I'd like to just go ahead and like give a content warning for fat phobia and eating disorders in general. So I have struggled with my eating for a long time. And this isn't anything to, I, I'm not asking any questions medically, but I was just wondering how do, how did you two deconstruct your internalized fat phobia? Because that's something that I've been struggling with. Oh, I'm 21 years old. She, her, and I'm a cis woman. And I just, I, I've been having a, a hard time figuring out how to deconstruct that. And I go to therapy and we talk about it some, but it's still really hard for me to even talk about. And like when we talk about deconstructing that phobia with me, it always comes with other conversations that are really hard for me to have. So. I just wanted to see what you two would say and in my journey in deconstructing my internalized fat phobia right now, I would say that I'm very much fat phobic against myself and thoughts pop up about other people, but I shut them down really quickly and say, no, that's not okay. So my fat phobia is um, directed at myself a lot, but I know that fat phobia is fat phobia and it's not. If you have internalized fat phobia, you're fat phobic against everyone. It's not a one or the other. So thanks so much. Also, this is a really sensitive topic for me. So if you guys could be a little nicer. <laughs> but yeah, that's all. Thanks so much. I love you both. Bye. The only time we'd be mean about this is when two seconds in this call, we first thought you said thought phobia. Yeah, and we just want to acknowledge that if there, if you're watching the video and you saw a smile, I looked at Melissa and I go, did she say thought phobia? And Melissa goes, I literally thought that's what she said. And then it was very abundantly clear yeah. after that, that that's not what you said. Mm -hmm. um, so our apologies for that. It's always like the people who are like, you can be as mean as you want or like, please don't be mean to me. Like those like, specific people who say that, I'm like, we're so not going to come for you mm -hmm. at all. So don't worry about that. I want to clarify that like, like we can talk about unpacking fat phobia, but having internalized fat phobia, I'm not, I'm not fat. And so I am not a part of an oppressed group who is then internalizing that there. So I think that distinction is 
really important. And if you're specifically looking for people to talk about unpacking internalized fat phobia, that's, I don't want to even like somewhat claim that we can come at it from that perspective. But I first want to say, I think it's like really fantastic for you to acknowledge this at 21. I did not acknowledge this at 21. And for you to recognize that fat phobia that you pertain to yourself is not isolated, that it does seep into like how we consume other things. And I, a lot of people think that it's like, well, no, I'm only like fat phobic against myself. Like I have no issue with other people. And whether it's as like cut and dry and clear as this is that you recognize you have those thoughts about other people. It can literally be something as simple as like comic book characters, like as like animated things, like just, just things that you don't think that like there's a specific person on the receiving end it's there. So, I mean, my advice, like I say over and over and over again, that like the best thing I ever, ever fucking did for my like own issues and my body image and on learning fat phobia is like the podcast maintenance phase, because there's something really fucking insidious when you realize that something that you know exists and you know that you've parked taken in partaken in and you know that it has affected you and shaped you that like you realize that that's just like the tip of the iceberg and it's so much deeper like the amount of knowledge there I don't want to say it's like where you're like so shocked that it's like oh my gosh like I'm that I'm like cured of this it's not that it's just so much of fat phobia was taught to us in a way that like we think it's our brains and we think it's like, oh, I'm thinking this because I'm a bad person. Or, and I think that's like, once you start recognizing what fat phobia is and like wanting to unlearn it, you're like, wow, I'm a horrible person. I'm a horrible person. And that's a really uncomfortable thing to unpack because it feels like you're disappointing yourself and like you've like inadvertently hurt other people and all of this stuff. But like, I found it really empowering and just like really eye opening and helpful to like realize like, <laughs> I've never had an original thought in my life. Mm-hmm. Like all of the shit that I thought came from like the dark recesses of my brain was put there by right. somebody else. Exactly. That's- and that's like, I, that's liberating. Like mm-hmm. that's really liberating. And until I got to that point, there was too much self-loathing because when you go from like, whether it's eating issues, body image issues, eating disorders, whatever it is, there's so much self-loathing there. And a key component in recovery is unlearning fat phobia. Like when that just turns into more shame, that doesn't feel productive. And it's because shame isn't productive. But learning the origins of all of this shit made me realize like just as much as I was like guilty of participating in this, I didn't consent to this. I didn't consent to consuming this media I didn't seek this media out like my brain I I didn't develop my brain like this other this was done by the world you know Mm -hmm. yeah I'm not fat but up until recently I've been just very very small um it wasn't like in my like it was just like that's just my body type and then there was a point where I got really, really small. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, when I was growing up, it was very of the norm of just like dieting, like as part yeah. of like snack wills was a whole thing where it was like, here's a 
cookie that's only this many calories and there's no sugar and or like the slim fast diet mm-hmm. where it was drink two slim fast a day and then a sensible meal and it was just like you said it's just been so ingrained in me and then I was working when I was at like as an adult at the smallest of my life I was working at a it's very problematic as I look, I actually knew it when I was there, but it was like they they came at it from a scientific yeah. standpoint of saying like this is a research center that yeah like they call it a research center. They hired people that had degrees in science, mm-hmm. and it was like the things that they coached us to say to these women was just disgusting because they they came from it like as like I said the science standpoint standpoint but also like you know we're helping these women become like the healthier versions of themselves and saying things like that but then having us say things to them like nothing tastes as good as what thin feels yep and having just like a a, a, a mound of fat at the mm-hmm. front of the uh place and and while I worked there, I got, even though I, I mean, I was working out more than I ever worked out before. And I was the smallest as an adult that I ever was. And there were so much, many compliments that came from yeah. that. And there was like a high, but again, that was because those things were put into my head. Even though I was saying this to other people, they got in my head too. Mm-hmm. And like Megan said, like, once you realize it's because of external media, then I think that's a good way to start shutting those things out. Like when you look at other people's, I think like for me, like going to, and I don't mean this in like a perverted way at all, but like going to like a spa where it's a naked spa and just seeing all the different body types Mm -hmm. that women have, like that is like empowering to me. Yeah. Like that helped me become more comfortable in my own body. and. Right now, I feel like the hottest that I felt, yeah, in, in like forever, like it, probably in my life. And I'm just like, I like the way I look, and so like just, just um, like exposing yourself so that you're not looking at people that have unattainable or even body types that you don't want, but you think that you should have because other people are telling you to. Removing yourself from that, then that helps with that. Yeah, there's a like bodies that are designed when the kind of media that we're seeing of bodies, it's for consumption. Mm -hmm. It's for sexual consumption or it's for like pro-thin, anti-fat consumption. Mm -hmm. And there's something about like recognizing that like, yes, the bodies that you see in magazines and on like certain TikToks or on TV shows and things are designed to make you feel one of two ways. They're designed to make you feel bad about yourself or they're designed to like make you turn you on. Mm -hmm. And there's so many more uses of the female body than that, that like, that is something that is like, I also think is like a very crucial thing when you're like, looking at bodies, and they're not being sexualized. And they're also not being romanticized for being thin. They're Mm -hmm. just people fucking existing in their bodies. Mm -hmm. And they're not there for your consumption. They're just there. Right. That's like a really helpful thing. Because I do think people can then go into even things that like, there's really no, <laughs> sounds really bad, but like there's kind of very few safe places from fat phobia, like even in like fitness settings and stuff where it's like, oh, I'm going to get healthy and I'm going to like 
quote unquote healthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to like do a bodybuilding competition. Now it's not about being thin. It's about as much muscle as it can have. And it's, it's the same part of your brain. It's yeah. the same part of control part of your brain. But like, there's an ego thing there, at least for me, when I realize that like, not only like, was I a victim of something I had no idea I was a victim for, but that like, it's not my fault that I fell for it. But when I know that information, I'm like, you bet your fucking ass, I'm never going to fall yeah, for this shit but again. It's not even like falling for it. It's it's, that's what I mean. Norm. Like, but now that I know, now, now that, that I know, know like, fuck you. And yeah. I'm going to like, and it tracks through so many other things that like, once you have built the, this foundation and you've heard enough stories about different companies that have come to light and like the origins of them or whatever it is, you are able to then spot that in everyday life. Mm-hmm. And I like can see now for like products that are nothing I've encountered before, but the marketing, just the word, the verbiage around it or whatever they're claiming or how the, the, they speak about it, all of my red flags go up. Mm-hmm. And that's something that like this work requires education. And I think that like we're so fucking far behind on education about fat phobia and unlearning fat phobia specifically for women that like there's not a lot of content out there. And so a lot of the times, like, I don't, I'm not saying that like therapy is a bad thing at all, but this is a problem that is like a a worldwide problem that like we have to know and educate ourselves before we can try and fix it. It's not an emotional thing. It's Mm -hmm. not like a psychological, it's to the point where like, I don't know my brain. I didn't know my brain without fat phobia. And like, it's still something that like I check myself on and I don't beat myself up on for checking it because like I haven't been uh like <laughs> thinking, walking, talking human being without those influences in right. my life. Like, so there isn't this end goal because I don't know her. Like, mm-hmm. I've never met her. I've never seen her. And I'm doing like my very best to get to a place where like I'm not recognizing the worst version of myself. I'm not recognizing that part. Like I'm applauding and encouraging the process that I'm making. But I don't even think that like people like 20 years older than us, like I don't, I hope that there are kids now who are being raised that they're, they have memories like before or never having dealt with fat phobia. But like, I don't want to use it like we're pioneering, but like there's people born in the 80s, born in the 40s, born in the 60s. Like there's never been a time that like nobody was dealing with like fat phobia. There's no one alive right now. Like that's what you think like, parents who like imprinted their like eating issues like the 80s fad diet culture and all of that so like there's this concept that we like to think of like looking at people like looking at our elders through all of the situation this shit is still so new and this is like there's a lot of like a lot of fucking people learned their fat phobia from their parents who learned it from their parents who learned it from their parents and also a change in culture where it was like you know like if you were eating then like like people used to revere bigger bodies because that meant that it was a classist thing because that meant that you were like you could eat and you didn't have to be in the fields working yeah and like those people aren't alive now like the people who are alive now that's it's fad diets Mm -hmm. it's crash dieting it's diet culture it's like weight loss drugs it's all of this Mm -hmm. stuff and so like if you can look at this like a history lesson versus like a psychology Mm -hmm. lesson like history our environment that affects our brain and our psyche. This isn't like my brain needs to heal my own brain by my thoughts because these aren't your thoughts. And the only way to get rid of the thoughts that aren't your own, that are like masquerading as your own is learning that they're not yours Mm -hmm. and like learning where they came from and 
I can't, again, I can't stress how great that podcast is. And they also have so many references that they will like be like, oh, this is a great book. Like I learned this from this and this and this and this. And so many things that like, like my, my jaw drops open every fucking episode at some point. Like I'm never not learning. And in like, I don't know how long I've been listening to, like two years, maybe a little bit less than that. Done more for me than literally any therapy, like done, like in conjunction with therapy and stuff, but like has done so much more for me there than anything else because it's not a me problem. Like if I choose to willfully ignore all of this, I'm not just like hurting other people. I'm like genuinely hurting myself. And so the more that you can learn about that, it's just, it's a lot less work after that because like, like for me, like I don't need to think about it. Anymore. Exactly. And like there might be moments or times or things, especially if it's reflecting on yourself or there's something or if you haven't, you know, done some inventory, self-inventory in a while. But like when you learn about fat phobia, it becomes like that it becomes a louder voice in the fat phobia in your head, you know, like because you weren't taught about fat phobia, like to be fat phobic in an educational way with all of these resources, <laughs> like you were just it was just what it was. Mm -hmm. And so unlearning that, I think like if you look at it the same way of like, you know, sexism, like racism, like all of these other things, like it becomes very obvious. And it's not like a, oh, obviously, like it, it's, I mean, it, it's not like a, oh, well, I don't know about that. I'm going to like argue with myself with that. It just becomes like, these are the facts. Right. And like, this has affected me. And now this has affected me more. And now this is getting better. But this is like amazing at 21 years old. Mm -hmm. So just like massive kudos to you. Because that one was not me. Anyways. One more call. Hi, Megan and Melissa. Um, I am a 24-year-old female. I use she, her pronouns. So I'm new to the dating game, and I had matched with somebody on Hinge that I had really enjoyed talking to. Um, I could tell that maybe, like, there was something where he may have, it is, I don't know how to phrase it politely or politically correct, but that he may have some sort of like disability, which I was totally fine with. He never mentioned anything to me and I was never going to bring it up because it didn't really matter to me. But when we met in person, we met up and he then disclosed to me in person that he was autistic and he had a few other mental disabilities that he suffered with or had and for me that was something that it kind of caught me off guard not in the fact that I have an issue with it but more in the fact that that was something that was not disclosed to me before we went on a date we had a good time on the date but it didn't end up working out it just he lived far away and it just ended up not being something that worked out for us but I guess my question or what I'm asking for is, is it wrong of me to feel misled in the fact that he didn't disclose that to me before we met? Or do you think that's something that is justified for him to disclose at his pace or when he's ready? For me, I already have a child with some disabilities, and it's hard for me as a mom to understand what to encourage him to do in the future. Um, and I don't want to come off in a bad way. But I was just curious, and he was really upset with me after we had been talking for a few more weeks after our date that it wasn't going to work out. 
And I just, I guess I'm just interested where your guys' heads are at about this topic. Love the podcast. Thanks. Our heads are in a non-ableist space. Yeah, which yours is not. Yeah. Especially when you have a child. I can't remember the last time that I listened to a call on this podcast where I was like, please don't say what I think you're about to say. And you did. Uh, to start off, I know you didn't you wanted to word this politely and be politically correct. You failed immensely. And there are certain things that it really doesn't matter how you word them when the nature and the content of them is an issue. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, can't figure out how to word something without it being offensive, that is when we do a check-in with ourselves and go, then I should, if I can't vocalize this without being offensive, I should not vocalize this. Mm-hmm. And why do I feel the need to do that? Oh shit, I can't, I can't spin this in a way that is politically correct. So therefore, this is a moment for me to realize that I need to check in with myself and un- undo this and educate myself because I just partook in problematic behavior. Behavior. And you said that you it wasn't an issue for you, but it clearly is an issue. And he was upset. And he was upset. So he knew whether, whatever you're not telling us or whatever you thought that you were also withholding from him, you didn't do. Mm-hmm. This, this really upsets me. Me too. From a broad stance. You I'm broad as a woman. Broad <laughs> perspective. Broad perspective stance. I get, I'm like literally like, like goosebumps angry. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Disclosure is about the safety of the person who's disclosing, regardless of what they're disclosing. It's not about you. It's not about the other person. It's not about, all it is is, are you a safe person for this person to disclose to emotionally and physically? Nobody should be asked to disclose before they're ready. And nobody should feel that they have to disclose in order to not mislead somebody else. Because how are you misleading anybody to begin with? That's what, but like, she was like, I felt like misled, but also like, so your assumption is everybody is able-bodied and neurotypical. Yep. Because that's a problem. That's ableist. Like you're, if you, if that is what you're assuming, that's already a problem. Someone doesn't need to be like, oh, I'm not that because you're viewing one thing as universal and normal mm-hmm. and everything else as not. Mm-hmm. And this also doesn't make any sense to me because you're like, I could kind of tell from our messages that it was somewhat that he was like kind of implying that he was disabled. You liked him up until that point and you knew the distance <laughs> from the beginning. So. And like you said that you went into this date feeling like in your his messages, he implied that. Mm-hmm. And like. He disclosed then. If you felt it, then he. That's did what disclose. I mean. Yeah. And it's like, so this just feels like it feels like he can't fucking win mm-hmm. because like. You're like, well, I felt misled and I wanted him to disclose. And it's like, well, you said that it was implied. And then he disclosed more explicitly in person. So like you Which just you don't create it. You made him feel safe enough to to do. And then you and probably because you you also said that your your yep. child has. You didn't specify, but you said that your child has some type of. I think you said just disabilities. I think they said. Yeah. So like. He probably thought he was in a safe place to tell you and then you made and i'm and if i'm making an assumption but it seems like you made an up an excuse for why this wouldn't work because of your physical distance but did you not know how distant you were to begin with 
it says on the app how far pe- away people are. Would you dare to say that maybe he was misled? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. This just, like, makes me really, really, really upset. And the, the, the second part of what you said, like, everything you did with him was, like, so fucking wrong. And and then your second part was like, well, I want to know, like, how to, like, encourage my son. You need to unpack this and you need to, like, learn about ableism. And regardless of whatever communities your son belongs to, that does not mean that, like, you're a part of them by proxy. Mm-hmm. You will have any sort of deep understanding and therefore can, like, judge or have, like, a say or an opinion on those things or, like, what is, like, good and bad, right and wrong as a part of those two people who are within them. Like you, you need to make sure that like any assistance that you are getting for your son is done in, from like disability advocates and mm-hmm. has been done and endorsed by said community, not the community, a community who is trying to quote unquote fix them. Right. And if you're support for your son is surrounded by a bunch of non-disabled neurotypical people that's an issue Mm -hmm. yeah you need to be you should be seeking out not like in your everyday life yeah you should be around people that are different from you but especially in this case and i'm I'm assuming that your child is small because i think we heard yeah crying in the background like you should expose him to people that you know are like similar to him yeah you can't advocate for him without knowing like what yes there are certain things that are going to be better best for each individual but like when you you need to be taking recommendations and knowledge from whatever disabled communities that he's a part of mm-hmm. because like you're going to face ableism in the healthcare system in the school system and all of that shit and like if your your personal support system and your education especially when your kid is young and like can't really they don't have like the words to explain how things make them feel or whatever. Like you need to be coming from it with like disability forward in mind Mm -hmm. and like for his adult life with his disability, like you're going to, you're going to have to fight against ableism all the fucking time. And there's so much ableism in like the disability adjacent community that like you will have a very fucking long road ahead of you with a child who will probably go no contact with you. If you fuck this up at this point and like, the damage that is done, especially to young kids, like at this time is it's fucking huge. Like it's so fucking huge. And like you should hope that your son never encounters what you did on that date mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And you want to be like, well, what should I be encouraging like him to do in the future? Like that's up to him what he wants to do. And he's probably going to be getting that advice from people who are also a part of his community. Mm-hmm. And like, you're his mom, you love him, you're a part of his family, but you can't, can't actually be there to offer him advice on how he's going to go about with his disability. You can empower him and you can celebrate him. You can celebrate his disability. You can celebrate him for who he is and the things that make him him. And you can stand up when people are being ableist against him. But like, you can't tell him how to be disabled what to do how to do how to act how his response should be like these are all things for him yeah you'll never know you'll never know what he's going through you'll never know that and like 
no matter hard, how hard you try, you won't. And so you need to not try. And you need to make sure that he is surrounded by people who do have the lived, same lived experience as him, because they will actually be the resource for him. And you can be the sounding board there. You can be the support there. You can be the chauffeur. You can be the driver to go into these things. Like you can be the like, oh, let's call up this person. They'll probably have some great advice. Let's go take them to coffee. Like you can be the one to facilitate that growth, that education, that empowerment. But like you can't be the driving force behind that Mm -hmm. because you're not a part of that. And I really hope this is like a massive wake up call to you. And I think you should send a written apology. Don't fucking call the guy you went on a date with. Like, don't waste his time. But I think you should send a very nice written apology that you'll probably never hear anything back from. But I think you should learn a fuck ton before that. And then I mean, if I was going to say, don't no apologize without you learning and realizing why what you did is wrong. Like you need to take time figure out and then come through with a sincere apology. And if you don't feel the need to apologize, you need to do more work. Mm -hmm. Like until you get to the point where you're like, I'm mortified and I know why specifically. And I know like deep and intrinsically how much I fucked up here. That's a really good place to start. Right. Like this shouldn't just be embarrassment and guilt. This should be like, wow, I perpetuated like a really horrible thing. And like, these are all the reasons why. Mm -hmm. Like, think about if your son went out on a date when he's older, if he goes out on a date with somebody and it it was the same type of experience and then he comes back and tells you and then what are you going to say to him? Well, that was your fault for not telling her up front or him or whoever he may decide to date at that Mm -hmm. time. Like, how messed up is that? And again, like, disclosures about safety. Mm -hmm. And so then how would you feel about, like, oh, I'm like in, encouraging your kid to disclose and your kid gets killed. Right. Because they disclosed mm-hmm. to too wait soon. too soon and to someone they weren't confident and comfortable in disclosing to. Mm-hmm. Like this. Like they feel like that they were tricked. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of crossover in different marginalized communities, mm-hmm. but like there's, I mean, there's a huge like transgender disabled community who talks a lot about like the in- intersectionality of disclosure and safety in both of those. And like, that's not diff- like they are different things that you are disclosing. But like, again, the reason for disclosure there is safety mm-hmm. and you should want your kid to be safe. Right. How would you feel if like this guy you went on a date with was like, well, now I need to like really like fully disclose like this was my fault, blah, 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 blah. Then discloses too early to someone like explicitly over messages and gets killed like how again how are you going to feel knowing that like what you said not only is really like and what you did was not only like really offensive if what you said and did changed how these other how people go about their lives you are literally putting their lives in danger Mm -hmm. because you felt misled like it's (laughs) i don't know maybe this is like the whole thing of like being selfish in love and whatever that like this narrative gets too far that it's like, this is like not about you. Like what you're going to is find out if you have connection with somebody. And if like you have stipulations of like, oh, I'm not going to, I can't date anybody who is disabled. I can't do blah, 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 blah. I would prefer, I prefer you to be the fucking bigot in your bio with that yeah, shit. I'd say ableist. Yeah. Like fr- first thing. I would rather, I would rather you fucking like wear that on a fucking t-shirt before you let anybody speak to you. Like, 
if you're going to be set in your way, if you're going to be set in your bigoted ways, I would rather you do it loudly mm-hmm. because I know where this, to stay the fuck away from. Yep. So really hope that this is a learning moment for you. I want to be harsh enough that I, that I hope that you hear this and this mm-hmm. resonates with you, but I don't want this to be so harsh that um, this turns you off from this mm-hmm. and your child has miserable 18 years with an ableist mom who like becomes so set in her ways. Yeah. So wishing the best for your kid. Okay, we're going to take a break. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash press on and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
We're back from our break. Mm -hmm. We're having a nice little energy shift. I know that you had the break, everybody, but like we had like 0.2 seconds um, from that last call. And for our own sanity, we're we're getting in a we're getting in a good mood. Yeah, we're getting a little less angry. I'm not on my vigilante (sighs) shit. Taking a pause on that. All right. Time for don't blame them. Woo. What is don't blame them? Don't blame them is where y'all the listeners call in and share either advice or like if you've been through a similar thing to some someone that was a caller on the previous episode and uh, you share your insight. Hell yeah. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am calling in for Don't Blame Them for the caller um, that had concerns about writing off her boyfriend, partner, whoever, um, regarding his ownage of guns. Um, Honestly, I don't think that that was premature write-off coming from somebody who grew up around guns can tell you there's a very big difference between somebody who owns like one gun for protection only or one gun for hunting and that's it and somebody who owns many guns goes to the gun range for sport um, because they enjoy them and you don't ever have to compromise what you believe in your in your heart and your mind to be okay and what you want to be around because you meet somebody and then later find out, well, that they do something that you were previously very against. Um, I feel like if you had known from the get-go about these guns, you might have been like, you know what? No, before I even get to know you, this is a deal breaker for me. And I feel like maybe now you're just considering it simply because you already started to like him and saw some sort of a future. And then he told you this after the fact. If your gut instinct is telling you that this doesn't feel right for your own life and you don't want them in your household for any reason, you don't want them around your future children for any reason, I don't think anyone is worth second-guessing that. Um, you still are very new to this relationship. It's really no loss at this point. There are people out there that will be able to give you both, you know, that you'll get that great feeling with that you might get with him right now, but also does not go against any of your moral or ethical values. So trust your gut, girl. I don't think you made the wrong move at all. Good. Great. I never thought about that. Like the difference of as someone who, I mean, not me, that, that the don't blame them color saying like, as someone who grew up in a house with guns, like there is a distinct difference mm-hmm. between one for a usage and one for like the sport of guns. Right. That's really interesting. Never thought about that. So thank you. And that is our episode. I don't know what that voice was. I don't know either. It kind of sounded like Nintendo Mario and mm. you. Borat? Oh, you. me. <laughs> I love to throw a little Megan Sparkle on things. So that is it. We hope you enjoyed. If you are still listening, head on over to our Instagram and comment your least favorite emoji. And if you want to be on an upcoming episode, you can give us a call at 310-694-0976. International listeners, send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to our Patreon. We do the video versions there. For a dollar a month, you can see all of the videos. And then we have other tiers where we do two live streams a month. They're very fun. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we chit chat. We get along. We have new people like all the time now. So also don't be afraid to 
join as like a first timer like yeah we actually had like a little spike in people joining the patreon as a whole so. yeah so come on in everybody's so kind and very nice i'm not no but that's just her and you love me for it <laughs> exactly so tomorrow you can hear the extra extra little bits just just a little more check-in that is our extra episode for this it's our like our overflow but we talked about halloween what we did halloween we talked about what we did on halloween the weekend mm -hmm. and we also talked Not about the musical artist no you'll not <laughs> actually that's like we talk about him all mm -hmm. the fucking time but it's not we don't say good things. yeah shout out to narissa you'll well you're not watching maybe you're watching i was doing i did She's a kissy face peace sign so that's just what you should know and then we have a break on wednesday so you can have your hump day in undisturbed then thursday <laughs> we have but am i wrong where we read submissions uh via our email of people asking about if they were the hero the villain in the situation and we also talk about pop culture our own personal hot takes and then on Friday, we have Fisting Friday, <laughs> which I'm devastated that we, that name stuck. Not just for you all, it stuck for us. Like, I like it. Me too. And I don't like that I like it. <laughs> like, I don't like that. So that is uh, where we read the results of all the voting that goes on in But Am I Wrong? Because I didn't mention that. But, you know, you vote on who you think was wrong in each situation. We read those results. We We recap a little bit. And... Then you have your weekend free. Mm -hmm. And then we're back again. Back, back, back again. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we'd like Eminem if his nickname is Shady? That's Slim Shady. Also, do you think that's like kind of like to me, like my culture is not your costume as a personal Slim Shady? He's pretty slim when he first came out. But is he Shady? I don't know. I just want to know, know him. If he and I just feel like I personally resonate I mean, with the name Slim Shady. Like, I wonder if him and I feel like kindred spirits. I don't think he'd like you. I don't think he'd like me either. I need to ask Mots because I like, don't know much about him. No, he doesn't like a lot of people. And I think but, we would get on his nerves. A lot of his early career was making fun of like pop icons. So that's what I was going to say. I'm like, so the people he doesn't like, because like, there's some people who I'm like, I know you wouldn't like me, but like I dislike all of the same people you dislike. And like, I'm just here for the ride. But I wonder. Uh, he dislikes Britney. Okay, that's what I was asking. I was okay. like, okay, so no. No. I would Okay. Don't like him. So. I do love that song with Rihanna, though. I like a lot of his. He's very talented. He has yeah. like a, a rhyming, like. The way that he rhymes things, mm -hmm. it, it's like. It's like you can hear the rhyme, but also there's a way you can see it, too. Like, he's oh, a genius interesting. Like yeah. when it comes to music. And I think a lot of his songs are great. But I just don't. I mean, I don't I don't need to be friends with everybody. No. I enjoy their art. No. Also, <laughs> we would have way too many. We already have a long list of friend of the podcast. Yeah. We don't need more. We could honestly yeah. pare the list down. Mm -hmm. Kiki Palmer, call us. <laughs> Best friend. We're here whenever uh, you want. Halloween looks rogue, which all started from to be that guy on TikTok that made the suggestion that she should be rogue is like and now like she saw it and then made her 
a Halloween costume from it. And like, like a the power photo shoot. He has. Can you imagine waking up that morning and being him yeah. and just being like, like his DMs all, are like, like check it, yeah. check it. First of all, when he when she acknowledged it to begin with, and then after that, and she'd been the as someone that is now watching um the animated X Men, she would be a perfect rogue. Sugar. That's why I call it. Start calling you sugar. Mm. Inspired by rogue. Okay. Here, I'll take it. I'm happy with it. <laughs> Call me whatever. So Southern gal. Who is? You are? I am, and so is Rogue. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Anyways. No new reviews. We haven't had a new one since September, so please. Please leave a review. Mm-hmm. And if you know Kiki Palmer. <laughs> okay, that's it. Goodbye. Bye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso.